are you and what are you doing here? Hi, everybody. Hello, what are we waiting for? This is fantastic. Hello, hello, hello. This will only hurt for 22 minutes. It's very early. I may have to hurt you. Call me in five minutes. This is something that is treatable. This is something that is fixable. Hey, this is not a test. Oh, my God, it's early. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. <laughs> Man, I tell you, if I could keep up with my pen, I'd be doing good. Hey, top of the morning to you, top of the afternoon, top of the evening, top of the late night. Whatever time you may be listening, glad you are. My name is Michael. This is the FBTV podcast. Brought to you by Tautoa. <laughs> yeah, they're our sponsor. And uh, matter of fact, they are they're the reason why you're able to uh, hear this podcast every week. If you're not familiar with Tautoa, check them out, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. I'm Michael. I'm the lead consultant for Tautoa. My years of... Uh, experience in radio a lot of people ask how, how come you're the one doing it the podcast and the videos because of my vast experience as a broadcaster <laughs> vast yeah I, was, I, I, I started in broadcasting back in 1979 radio I saw the movie FM actually I saw the movie FM after I had originally got my first job in radio. I just hadn't been on the air yet. And uh, I saw it like a week before I went on the air. And I thought, oh, radio's going to be fun. And it was till corporate radio came into play. And corporate made it not fun. I remember everybody talking about no corporate radio. Back in the days of Clear Channel, which is now iHeart. What a weird name. But whatever. They've pretty much taken over the industry. And the industry is pretty much shot. Uh, you still got your radio stations, but... Uh, gone are the days of uh, Uncle Larry. Larry Lujack. And the California radio, and Rick D's, and Casey Kasem's, and and uh, the true Don Blue, or was it real Don Blue? I don't remember. It's been a long time ago. But if you never had a chance to be part of the old radio, 70s, it was on its way out in the 80s, almost gone. Well, it was gone by the mid-90s for the most part. But radio up to that point, it was fun. People actually tuned in because it was fun. Sometimes it was more fun than watching TV. But those are days gone by. Will they ever return? Probably not. Just like everything else that has been uh, made great in this country, it goes away and we only have memories. And then we got people come along that try to change history. <laughs> Go figure. All right. <clears throat> now, hey, if you want to check us out on FreightBrokerTV.com, you can. We got videos. That's what I was doing. I'm 
sitting here in front of the computer, and uh, I was headed over to FBTV. But uh, if you've been thinking about becoming a uh, freight broker, freight broker agent, man, we've got a great video for you uh, on FBTV. Uh, go to uh, FreightBrokerTV.com uh, when you get to the home page. You are going to see well below the uh, banner and the recent post, uh, you're right in the middle of the page there. You're going to see five pictures that keep changing. Put your mouse on that first dot. When you get there, you'll see it. And it says, uh, became a freight broker. Click on that picture, and it will take you to a video we did. Well, actually, it's a webinar we did, uh, I don't know, about a year ago. Maybe not quite that long, but it's talking about uh, becoming a freight broker or freight broker agent. Things about 30 minutes long. But, uh, yeah, it's really worth your while. Take time. If you're thinking about, if you've been thinking about doing this job, wanting to make this a career, yeah, that's a good place to start. Well, my sheet here is this topic of the day, and it's blank. And the reason it's blank is because we got a lot to talk about, but the uh, one thing that uh, is really standing out, I don't know if you heard about it or not. Matter of fact, I think we talked about it on uh, one of the public podcasts or broadcast videos or podcast, whatever, last week. And uh, I was tempted not to, but I, I remember talking about it but I don't remember where I talked about it but anyway the truck driver the truck driver uh, oh what I'm thinking about I just I looked down here it says truck driver protest no it wasn't a protest it was a uh, I guess it was a protest but uh where the drivers are going to actually stop their trucks. Stop the Tires 2020 has been canceled by the group's founder after he claims in its viral overnight explosion lost sight of the page's original intentions. Shut down. That's what they were uh, wanting to do. They were a strike. That's what I'm, That's the word I'm thinking of. Man, <laughs> need more coffee this morning. <laughs> it is uh, 7.20 in the morning on Tuesday, November 17th. And I am uh, still working on getting my coffee down. Okay, this thing's kind of weird. We talked about it last week. They were talking about going on strike when November... Sometime this month. I got three pages of notes here on this thing. And I'm trying to see... Yeah, November 26th through 29th. And, uh, alright, let's... Uh, ten days ago, we'll go back in the history of this thing. Ten days ago, a guy named Jeremy... Looks like he put a page up on Facebook. Stop the Tires 2020. And it's grown to nearly 74,000 members on the Facebook page since the Facebook page creation. Let's see. He says it started, it was emotionally motivated. 
I, I mean, I, I live in a blue state. <laughs> okay. Which he does, I think, what, Washington, Oregon, something like that, Washington State. He says, I'm sitting there watching election results come in like anybody else. A bunch of my buddies were talking that week afterwards, and I'm like, you know, a lot of drivers like us are really ticked off in our area. So why don't we create a Facebook page and, you know, shoot the hay, right? I'm changing some of these words up so this stays a uh, family-friendly podcast. Anyway, that's literally what it was about. So we could talk and have our thoughts amongst each other and connect with other drivers. So I, I created, I being Jeremy, created the page Friday night, went to bed and woke up the next morning, and there was 10,000 people in it. 10,000! <laughs> the page was public so anybody could join. There was no control over it at the time. And Facebook sets it up so that you have to wait three days for it to turn private. Facebook. <clears throat> if you notice, FBTV does not have a Facebook page. There's only one reason we have a Twitter account. That's to notify insiders and our followers when we have posted a new podcast video or getting ready to do a live broadcast on the insider. But... Uh, other than that, no. Anyway, he goes on. So within three days of everyone sharing and everyone seeing the page, I couldn't control who was joining and who was coming and going. He says it just gained a lot of traction. There was no way of me controlling anything when it was open to the public. He's been a truck driver 15 years. However, in an interview, he did say that he's never worked as an OTR driver, has no experience as an owner-operator, or even any experience with the business side of the trucking industry. It says here in the article, it says small business side. I don't care, small business, big business, trucking, trucking, it's business all the way. I don't care if you're small or large. Yeah, it might be a little bit different thought process, but uh, still, it's business. Jeremy says that once the idea of a widespread trucking protest took hold on the... They, they keep on calling it a protest. It was a strike. It was going to be a strike. But anyway... He says, once the idea took hold uh, of the online community, they ran with it. Introducing the idea of a soft stop on Vets Day. And even suggesting participants block road, <laughs> roadways. Which he said was not his intention when starting the group. Jeremy claims that he would never want drivers to stop hauling medicine or any other crucial Essentials and values human decency over any sort of protest. Again, they keep they keep using this word protest. It was going to be a strike, a three-day shutdown, a strike in protest of certain things, but it was a strike. <laughs> anyway, he changed his mind. I think he got scared. 
Let's see, he says, the soapbox I wanted to stand on is way too late or way too early. <laughs> One or the other. Right now is not the time. I don't know. He just... Uh, Just going over all this, I think he started it. You know, he started started as an idea, tongue in cheek, never thinking it would take off like it did, and boy, did it! But usually, these truck strikes, and this is what I talked about. Oh, last week in one of the videos or one of the podcasts we do, trucker strikes back. Uh, Back when I was driving, you hear them on the CB all the time. Yeah, we're shutting down, we're shutting down. Nah, can't. Never worked. Only, uh, and the reason it won't work is because for any changes to be made, everyone would have to shut down. Everyone. But what would happen is, uh, yeah, you shut down, somebody's going to keep running and pick up your freight. And more than likely, it's going to be the likes of uh, Schneider, JB, Swift, somebody like that. They're not going to shut down their trucks. They're big business. They're the biggies. The small guy shuts down, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> You're going to have the biggies walk in and take over their customers. You're going to have C.H. Robinsons and Landstars and people like that walk in and Take up the slack. Should there be a strike? Yeah, probably. A lot of things need to be changed in the industry. I think you got a lot of people in Washington that has no clue about trucking whatsoever. They just sit behind a desk, got appointed to a position by whoever, whomever, And they get their trucking education from uh, trade organizations, not real-life drivers, just like the broker transparency. If, uh, I mean, come on, you... you Yes, I know they go back to a rule that was in 1983. But realistically, and I've said this over and over, if you go to Walmart, they get a price tag. The prices that are on the shelf, what the charge is going to be for you to buy that product. Do you think Walmart... <laughs> Or any, any, <laughs> any law in the country, well, it may be coming to this, but uh, at least currently, do you think there's anybody's going to make a law? This is okay, Walmart. This is what you're selling it for. Now you've got to tell us all the details. How much did you pay for it? Where did you get it? Who did you buy it from? Right next to it. Do you, do you think that's ever going to happen? Yes, it might happen because we're in a weird world right now. I mean, look at 2020. Now they're talking about shutting down the country for weeks. Can't do that. Talking about going back to the way it was in the spring. 
Did you see that? I talked to somebody up in Missouri yesterday. And their office, where they currently work, they're so understaffed right now, it's not even funny, the lady was telling me. Because everybody's out because of COVID-19. They've tested positive. Did you see this last week? Last week, Elon Musk took four COVID-19 tests, four of them, one, two, three, four, on the same day, two of the tests came back positive, two of them came back negative. Now, (laughs) there's an actress, I read this, I I, want to say I saw it on Variety or something like that. She was uh, taking a COVID-19 test because she's got a part in a movie or TV show coming up and, you know, for insurance purposes or whatever. And to make it safe on set, she had to pass the test. Well, one nostril came back positive. The second nostril, negative. Sit back, step back, and wonder how many of these people that they're screaming test positive are really negative. And I guess the same holds true for people who are testing negative. Are they positive? I think this thing's really blown out, blown out of proportion. Now, I'm not taking away from it. You know, I know there's people out there that has been deathly ill. People have died from it for complications from it anyway, possibly. I think a lot of deaths are being blamed on COVID-19. That probably shouldn't be. And I want to say somewhere, there is a financial incentive for hospitals and such to uh, diagnose it as COVID-19. Now, I may be way off on that one, but it seems like somewhere... I heard that there was a financial incentive, but I, I could be way wrong. You can tell me down below. Matter of fact, if you've got a question down below, this is the podcast. Well, if you're, if you are, uh, if you want to make a question or make a comment or send me a message, you can do that. We have contact forms all over the Freight Broker TV website. You'll find that at FreightBrokerTV.com. You can email me, fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. In addition to the forums all over our website, the contact page, you can also dial 479-668-0213. That is our studio line. You can leave a message, comment, question. And if you do, we may... Answer it in a podcast, in a video. May even hear yourself uh, on the air. So you got all kinds of ways to do that. Questions, comments, messages, FBTV at FreightBrokerTV.com. Go to our website at FreightBrokerTV.com. Got forums everywhere. Or you can use our studio line, 479-668-0213.
Next week is Thanksgiving, Turkey Day. Talked a little bit about this last week. Going to give them another plug because I think it's pretty neat. Now, next uh, Thursday, Thanksgiving, if you're going to be in Boise, Idaho, and you have a CDL, this is for drivers, actually, the Boise Stage Stop up there in Boise, Idaho, going to be trading truckers with a valid CDL to a free turkey dinner as a way to say thanks and celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday. Going to have an opportunity to win prizes during this uh, driver appreciation event. And like I said the other day, the, the story says this is their 14th year in a row. <clears throat> now, it might be it might be their 14th year in a row, but, and I may be thinking of a different truck stop, but I know I was up there when you were back in the 90s. I was on the road on Thanksgiving. And I stopped in at a big buffet-style turkey dinner. It was nice. It was nice. Got to remind you about this. It started, I think we talked about it last week. If not, well, be on the lookout for the next couple of weeks through the uh, 29th, after the holidays anyway. DOT going to kick off a nationwide seatbelt. They have kicked off a nationwide seatbelt enforcement campaign. Click it or ticket. Yes, friends, it's time for a click it or ticket. Do you want to play the game? Step right up and click it or ticket. <laughs> anyway, nationwide effort going to be uh, increasing police patrols on roadways to enforce state seatbelt laws. I get it. It's the holidays. Cut down on the desks. Slow people down. Stop them. Check them for the seatbelt. Whatever. But you can't really help. In the back of your head, the way the world is today, is this really a safety thing or is this financial? More than likely financial. Everything's financial anymore. I know Arkansas. Arkansas, where I'm at, and the commercials on TV, it's really... I mean, it's almost threatening. It's almost like the police, you know, just laying down the law like we are going to enforce it. We are going to do, you know, just in, intimidation. It's almost intimidating. It's weird. Uh, you just have to see it. You might be able to go to YouTube to search for Arkansas clear, click it or ticket PSAs or whatever they're called today and uh, see what I'm talking about. Hey, good news for uh, October. Trailer sales were up third highest level ever. Ever. This according to ACT Research. 54,200 trailers ordered in October. The way they're talking, it's going to be next July. <laughs> before they get caught up on the uh, orders. But that's good. Capacity, trucking capacity's been down while freight has been up. And you all can say what you want to. I mean, we all know who got voted in as president 
but the uh, I hope it doesn't affect the economy, you know, manufacturing and shipping and things like that. But the economy was doing really well. It, it's before the uh, COVID-19 thing started. Anyway, a year ago, one year ago, orders were 31,786. That's a, that's a jump of, what, 21,000 almost? All-time record was set back in, surprise, surprise, September of 2018, 58,228. Current production rates, like I said, would result in backlogs <laughs> lasting through July. Says so the backlog is now at its highest since June of 2019. Well, that kind of goes with the uh, September of 2018 record. But anyway, let's hope the uh, everything keeps up. Fuel prices, man, what happened? If you've been having to buy fuel, diesel, you're scratching your head like, geez, what did I, what happened? Fuel prices went up six cents a gallon. I know there's a uh, oil company somewhere laid off a whole bunch of people. Because fuel got too low. They just couldn't make enough money. So they laid them off, they slowed, they, they cut back production, and that's why they laid them off. So this could be some of the uh, fallout from uh, that. You know, cut the production, uh, make the uh, supply lower than the demand, raise the rates, raise the price. But uh, gasoline's down two cents going into the holiday. That's good. We'll, we'll have to wait and see how it actually does next week. But gasoline's down for the simple reason... Uh, <laughs> People aren't driving. Not like they were a year ago. The supply is high. The demand is low. And with all these states trying to cancel Thanksgiving, isn't that weird? I mean, really, isn't that weird? Matter of fact, i got a thing in here I'm going to tell you about. Here in a minute. Let's see. Do I got it right here? Yeah. California, Oregon, and Washington issue COVID-19 travel advisories. Matter of fact, wasn't it California? <laughs> that uh, Newsom, Governor, Governor in, Governor Nasty out there in California. <laughs> Didn't he make all those rules for Thanksgiving? Eat with your mask on. Uh, no, I know he didn't do that. But uh, anyway, California, Oregon, and Washington issuing travel advisories back uh, a few days back. Governor Nasty Newsom announced that his state, in conjunction with Oregon and Washington, issued travel advisories urging visitors entering their states or returning home from travel outside of these states to self-quarantine for 14 days. Now, drivers, truck drivers, are considered essential, not impacted by these advisories. 
Other essential travel that is permitted includes travel for work and study. Critical infrastructure support, economic services and supply chains, health, immediate medical care, and safety and security. But this goes back, like I said a moment ago. Elon Musk tested four times last week, four times, same day, two positives, two negatives. And then actress, who was that? Who was that actress? I uh, don't remember now. Her name didn't sound familiar, but I just, uh, what, what caught my eye was she took two tests. Same day, same place, one nostril positive, one nostril negative. How does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. This is all kind of squirrely to me. But it's happening all over the world. Could this be the new world order in control of all this? Or am I just... Uh... Being a conspiracy theorist. Alright, if you've been wondering what, the, uh, what jobs out there are among the highest in injury slash illness, well, what would you think? What would you think? <laughs> yeah, truck drivers are right up there at the top. Laborers laborers and freight stock and material movers, uh, then uh, heavy, and, heavy uh, and tractor trailer truck drivers, stockers and order fillers, Retail salespersons, then light truck drivers, maintenance repair workers, RNs. RNs are on this list. I would, well, I guess so. They're working around six people all day. Construction jobs, janitors. Let's say out of this list, one, two, three, four. Four out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine, uh... Industries are uh, almost half <laughs> are, are are trucking or freight related. I thought that was pretty wild. That's according. This is all coming from the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics. Huh. Talking about now that what they're ranked here is the. Uh, uh, most days away from work due to injury or illness. Now, if you're a driver, and I was telling this story, this happened to me. Well, I, I, uh, now this is back in the 90s, way, way back. Statue of limitations have ceased, I hope. I was going across to Iowa on my way to Connecticut, maybe Massachusetts. And, uh, I pulled into the Iowa scale on the west side of the state and my logbook I had miscalculated. He said, hey man, you're, you're out of hours. You're not going to have any hours until tomorrow at midnight. Holy smoke, this is like 30 hours away. And uh, he said, I'm going to have to give you a ticket. Man, I, I just sunk my ship. I thought, hey, oh my gosh, this is going to be expensive. I said, how much? He said, 40 bucks. 40? <laughs> you take a check? 
and I asked him, I, I asked the uh, officer, I said, okay, listen, do I have to stay here or is there a truck stop nearby I can park at? He goes, well, there's a truck stop down the road next exit. You can go on down there. And he said, I'm not going to babysit you. I'm not going to come checking on you. I'm not going to make sure you are there. <laughs> and uh, pretty much telling me, hey, you know, go on down those, take off. And I did. And I got over to Connecticut. <clears throat> got over to Connecticut. And uh, Danbury. I, I, I suppose... Well, at the time, back then, Danbury, Connecticut, their way station was in the rest area. And they had a nasty habit of checking receipts. And I know back uh, in the day, I guess it's the same. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. But if you took your receipts, you addressed an envelope, stuck them in that envelope, put a stamp on the envelope, they were... They, they, the envelope couldn't be opened because it was U.S. mail. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. You know, you hear... A thousand wacky things out there, but I thought, what the heck? But anyway, they shut me down for five hours. And uh, I was really worried that, uh, oh man, they find out because I, I made a, I'm going to have the speeding ticket that nobody wants. If they, if they give me a speeding ticket, according to the logbook, I made it from Western Iowa to Danbury, Connecticut in five hours. <laughs> if they, where to pull up anything right wrong indifferent those were the times back then not going to do that today not with the elds now with that said yes and i think most of us did back in those days run multiple log books had to to make money now it was a driver responsibility just like i wish it could be today Hey, if you feel tired, pull over and take a nap. But the problem is you got drivers out there that won't do that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But anyway, leading up to this, a truck driver has got to pay a maximum penalty for driving rig placed out of service. Now, mine was all logbook. This guy, he's got some serious violations. And this guy, I'm not going to name his name. But, uh... This guy really screwed up. Anyway, back in uh, last month, toward the end of last month, a week before uh, Halloween. Oh, no, he was charged uh, last month. Uh, this happened back in July. Uh, this 53-year-old truck driver out of New York submitted to a truck and submitted. Yeah, I like that. Submitted. No, <laughs> they, they tell you. Yeah, you're not going to submit to a truck. They're, they're telling you. A truck inspection at a way station along Interstate 81, uh, Port Carbon, Pennsylvania. Upon inspection of the rig, Pennsylvania State Police discovered multiple mechanical violations, including a defective rear axle, a malfunctioning and leaking brake hose, and two out of the ten brakes were defective and not operable a truck was placed out of service and the driver was instructed not to operate the rig until all the violations have been fixed and the uh, officers left the scene well on a return trip going past it where that driver was supposed to be getting his truck fixed and not uh, moving his equipment anywhere they discovered that the semi was gone 
and determined that multiple violations could not have been repaired in that small amount of time. <laughs> the troopers then traveled to uh, another location where the rig had been heading because obviously the driver told the troopers where they were going. When they got there, guess what they found? They found the truck and the driver. They inspected the equipment again and found all the same violations they had found just a few hours earlier. And the driver, was he, he was charged with all kinds of violations. <laughs> He's been ordered to pay $3,195 in fines. Maximum allowed under the law. He did not just get a hand slap. He got a serious slap. And if he's an owner-operator, well, I hate to see what his insurance is going to do. But those are serious violations. I mean, come on, 20% of your brakes are out. You know, you got a defective rear axle, a leaking brake hose. Personal responsibility. You know, you got to take care. You, you got to take care. Uh, uh, <clears throat> now here's one for you. We'll do this last one. We got to finish it up. Truck driver accused of stealing sixty thousand dollars worth of lighters <laughs> after a private investigation. Yes, yeah, sixty thousand dollars of Bic lighters. Three hundred and thirty-three cases he has stolen. <laughs> between October and December. I'm just reading this as we go. Yeah, this guy worked for a trucking company. He was hauling big lighters out of uh, Connecticut. Big company located on Bick Drive in Milford, Connecticut. Anyway, employees noticed the missing lighters starting in February 2020. An inventory report showed that in the company's fourth quarter in 2019, 333 cases of lighters went missing between October and December. <laughs> An additional 44 cases of lighters went missing between February and May of this year. They uh, determined this one driver, I'm not going to name his name, was a main suspect. Bick began monitoring inventory more closely, closely and hired a private investigator to monitor this driver's deliveries. <laughs> According to authorities, empty lighter cases were found in the trash, which was used as evidence to implicate the driver. Here about a week ago, the driver turned himself in on a warrant for his arrest. He's facing up to five years in prison. He will be sentenced next month. Merry Christmas. $60,000 worth of big lighters. Holy smoke. What do you think he was doing? I think he was probably getting them and selling them to uh, truck stops and, you know, quickie marts and things like that. But anyway... All right, that pretty much wraps up everything for this week. Next week will be our Thanksgiving week podcast. And we're thinking about doing a uh, live video on YouTube. A lot of people do this. They do the uh, podcast live, broadcast it live on YouTube. 
So that way the video's up there and then they take the audio and put it on the podcast. I don't know. Give me your thoughts about that if you want. Again, you can uh, call us. You can uh, email me. You can use our website. Real quick, studio line 479-668-0213. Email fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. Or go to our website at freightbrokertv.com and use one of the forums. Let us know. Think that'd be interesting? You know, watch the uh, be able to watch the uh, podcast live in video form on YouTube. Matter of fact, we we could even do it live on our website. But anyway, something to think about. All right, hey, go have a great Tuesday. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good weekend. Unless, of course, you've made other plans. We'll talk soon. See you later.